I am a spokesman for the GPO. On September the 16th, we are introducing our new letter service with new rates of fivepence for first-class mail and fourpence for second-class mail. What will be the immediate effect? Well, for a start, we'll all know who the meanies are. <laughs> of course, a fivepenny letter will have a considerable social status. And if you do consistently put fourpenny stamps on your letters, you must expect the postman to sneer at you. <laughs> First-class mail will be specially sorted, and 93% of it will be delivered within 24 hours. The other 7% will be lost as usual. <laughs> Fourpenny letters will be sorted by hand. Yeah. <laughs> if at all. They may be defaced by the sorters, and they will certainly receive special frankings over the stamps, such as... Second class is lower class. <laughs> or... Who's a pauper, then? <laughs> we will take second class mail, but we shall simply store it at the sorting office. So, if you've sent a fourpenny letter, you should write and tell the recipient who will then have to go and collect it. As before, if you're expecting a parcel, mind you take at least three days off work so as to make sure of being at home when the postman calls. So be in. We give you three chances, and then you'll never see it again. <laughs> Yes, once again, the Angus Prune tune ushers to the microphone Tim Rook Taylor, John Cleese, Graham Garden, David Hatch, Joe Kendler, Bellotti, who are going to entertain you with this and that, but mostly that. <laughs> this is John Otto Cleese. Oh, no, it's I'm sorry, I'll read that again, Mother, again! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Kevin Mousetrap Show. Yes, Kevin Mousetrap. What's he doing tonight? Who's he talking to? Where is he? What's he up to? Here am I, waiting at home. He's suffering with stone-cold gallivanting off. Never so much as a buy and leave. And here he is, Kevin Mousetrap. very much. Well, we've got a <laughs> wonderful, marvellous, super terrific show tonight, and you'll be meeting some wonderful, marvellous, super terrific people. So straight away, here's the first wonderful, marvellous, super terrific guest star celebrity personality on the show, me. <laughs> and tonight we were hoping to have on the show His, his Highness uh, King Otto of Luxenstein, a really wonderful, marvellous, super terrific monarch. But unfortunately, he's slightly absent. And so instead, uh, here's that great trade unionist, Sir Reginald Bucket. <laughs> Reggie? Uh, now, uh, tell me, uh, what's it like being King of Luxenstein, Reggie? Well, I ain't the King of Luxenstein, am I? <laughs> super, super, no. <laughs> uh, well, let me put it another way. I mean, the point is, um, what's it like not being the King of Luxembourg? Well, it's not changed me in any way. <laughs> super, well, that's certainly good news. And now, here's the bad news. We've just heard that following the recent coup in Luxembourg, uh, Reg Bucket is now, in fact, King. <laughs> How about that, King Reg? Well, this is all news to me, am I? <laughs> Help! 
Well, that's the first first civil war we've actually had on the show, and I hope you've <laughs> And this brings me to our next guest, philosopher, wit, uh, traveller, and appalling old bore, Arnold P. Totten. Uh, good evening. Uh, uh, how do you do, do you do, do, do you? Good evening. And a good evening to you too, sir. To you do. How do you do? Yes. <laughs> Terrific. Uh, Mr. Mr. Tartridge, what I want to know uh, is, uh, basically, should priests uh, be free to take drugs? Uh, yeah, I've written a book, you know. <laughs> super, super, super. Now, basically, in a sentence, I mean, uh, in a sentence, I mean, the point is, a lot of people must dissent to you. I mean, basically, in a word, uh, would you sell your house to a gorilla? <laughs> Good evening. Uh, good evening. <laughs> you too, and a good evening to you too, sir. Yeah, I, I've written a book, you do. You do. Yeah. Uh, now, you leaving do. the book aside for the moment, um, how do you plead? Guilty or not guilty? Uh, no, thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's the wrong answer. Good, super. Can you come back next week? Wonderful, marvellous, super, terrific. Now, I'll just say goodbye. Uh, hello. Well, now, this is where I walk among the studio audience and chat to them quite casually on their sort of level. And uh, here in the front row, I see we have a little old lady, and it's Mrs. Minnie Goosanker. Oh, however did you know that, Kevin? Well, I, I know quite a lot about you, Minnie. In fact, I know you have a brother in Canada. Oh, yes, I have. Terrific. And I also know that you haven't seen him for 27 years. No, I haven't. Well, just think of that. A brother all those miles away in Canada that you haven't seen for 27 years. Well, tonight, Minnie, surprise, surprise, we've just heard that he's been run over by a bus. <laughs> quick, 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 get the camera on it, quick, good, super, super. Trees of green, red roses too. Oh, I see them bloom for me and for you. And I think to myself, Ooh, what a wonderful world! I see skies of blue. Clouds of white. He's got a bad throat, hasn't he? Hasn't he? Right, blessed day and a dark, sacred night. Oh, he must be in agony. Ooh, it goes right through you, doesn't it? I it? say to myself, what a wonderful world. Poor chap. Look, go, go and bring some coffee mixer. All right, all right, yeah. Where the colours of the rainbow. Here, take this old chap. So pretty in the sky. The sore throats and laryngitis. Also in the faces. You better not interrupt him in the moment. Are people going by? Uh, now? No, I think he's going to start. I see friends shaking hands. Pour it out. Saying, how do you do? They're really saying. Ready? I love you. Now shove it down him. Yeah, you'll be all right now. I hear babies cry. Oh, God, he's just as bad. I watched him grow. I think you better call the doctor. They learn much more. 
Take his tonsils out. I see friends shaking hands. Scalpel, please, nurse. Saying, how do you do? Scalpel? They're really saying. Knife and tweezers. I love you. Knife and tweezers? Right, everything ready. I hear babies crash. And I watch them grow. Gently does it. They learn much more. Oh, than I'll ever know. Scalpel, quickly. And I think to myself, knife. Whoa, what a wonderful world. Tweezers, and almost there. Now come on, pull, pull. Oh yes, I think to myself. Pull harder, harder. Whoa, got them. Should be all right now. What a wonderful. <laughs> Yes, yes, uh, sit down, will you, Miss Hopkins? I'll be with you in a minute. Good. All right, Miss Hopkins, take your clothes off. What? Take your clothes off. No. Oh, I'll take them off for you, then. No! Oh, I'll take my clothes off, then. No! Look, Miss Hopkins, don't be shy. People always have to take their clothes off when they visit the doctor. You're not a doctor. Ah. <laughs> ah. Ah, so that's what's worrying you. Uh, you think I'm not a doctor. Well, you're not. Well, now, that depends how you define a doctor. If you define a doctor as someone who's been trained to make people better when they're ill, then, indeed, I'm not a doctor. But if you define a doctor as someone who says he's a doctor so that people will take their clothes off in front of him, then I am a doctor. So take your clothes off. No! Look, is it that you're not satisfied about me being a doctor? Yes. And if you were satisfied, would you take your clothes off? Yes. Well, uh, my brother-in-law's a doctor, which makes me a doctor by marriage, so take your clothes off. No! I'm not going to take my clothes off. Oh, well, if you haven't come to see me in my capacity as a doctor, why have you come to see me? Well, I've come in answer to your advert. Oh, what advert's it? This one. Oh, yes, yes. Young musical lady required for model work, yes. And you've come about the model work. Well, yes, but... Ah, um... well, well, if you've come about the model work, uh, that's a different matter altogether. Take your clothes off. <laughs> no, I'm a musician. That should read modal work. Ah, modal? Oh, yes, of course. How silly of me. Yes, you've come for the modal work. Yes. Well, now, the wages are £30 a week. Oh, that's very good. What does the work entail? It entails playing the African nose flute while standing on a pedestal. 
in the nude, so take your bet. No, it doesn't mention that in the advert. Oh, doesn't it? Uh, let's have another look. Young, musical lady required for modal work must be experienced. Ah, now, have you had any experience? Yes, I'm quite experienced. Well, if you had experience, take your clothes off. No! <laughs> will you stop asking me to take my clothes off? I'm not going to. I will not, not, N-O-T, not! Goodbye! Oh, no, please don't go. If, if you take your clothes off, I'll, you, uh, I'll give you five pounds. No. Ten pounds. No. Fifty pounds. No. Hundred pounds. £100? Yes. Oh, what shall I do? Take it off! Who are all those people? Oh, um... <laughs> they're all doctors. Oh! That's all right, then. Could you help me with this zip? If you want to create a little country music, is what we love to hear today. Once you got the feel, you can never lose it, and animals born that way. Well, I know farm where the kids will be, in a natural state. From the day they're born, would you believe, they all can sink a bait. The geese all sing, the cows all swing, they've even got a donkey that can move like me. The hens are harmonizing like a charm, and they'll not never be far. Sheep are shuffling, getting warm, and down on Melody Farm. They grew their hoops, stomp it out in the floor. I hear just a bad big Rodeo, the chicks all cluck, start to cook, too. The fascinating rhythm of the dancing duck. All the pigs are popping, blowing up a storm, and down on Melody Farm. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Constance the singing chicken. And a big hand now, big hands for Marty Mutton and the bar liners. Now, here is a warning to all motorists driving along the A35 to Cambridge. The A35 doesn't go to Cambridge. <laughs> Favourite stories from Shakespeare. There was an Englishman, an Irishman, and a Scotsman, and they were having a drink. When he walks this commercial traveller, he's a big fella, and he had no, wait, fat wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a wait. minute. You said favourite stories of Shakespeare. Oh, he loved that one. <laughs> I thought you meant stories he wrote. Oh, he wrote it too. I mean, Shakespeare wrote some of the oldest jokes in the business. 
even written stuff for us. <laughs> he wrote great tragedies and histories. No, no, that's what came down to posterity, yes. But have you ever seen the original manuscripts? No. They're all jokes. I mean, what about all these big hits? Titus Andronicus. Get it tight as Andronicus. Get it tight as... Last night. At the London Palladium. Then there was his big election comedy, Love, Labour's Lost. <laughs> then, <laughs> then... Then there were all the Lear films. What? Yes. I mean, it was Lear at Life, Take Off Your Clothes and Lear, Orgy at Lear's Place, Carry On Leering, all them films. Okay, if you say so. Ladies and gentlemen, we present, from the original manuscript, another tale from Shakespeare. You'll laugh till you wait. <laughs> it's, it's the breeziest romp since Richard III. It's the funniest murder story since Julius Caesar. It's wacky, it's zany, it's cookie, it's Macbeth. <laughs> One. Yeah, I've seen one too. <laughs> the Blasted Heath. Better than the Infernal Wilson. <laughs> it is a foul night. <laughs> and the rain is lashing the trees. Oh, I love it in my tree ball. <laughs> Enter Macbeth and Banquo. My lord, this is a terrible night to be abroad. Or anyone else for that matter. <laughs> See, the skies are rent with thunderbolts. The clouds serve as shrouds to a thousand devilish faces. The wind howls like the cry of maddened wolves. And it is raining human blood. What can this mean? There's an anti-cyclone over Ireland. <laughs> Hear the raging of the storm. It's getting louder. What a terrible noise. I can't hear myself speak. What did you say? I don't know. I can't hear myself speak. He's done it. Him. Up there. Call to him. You stupid producer. Turn the sound effects down. <laughs> that's better. That's better. Now. Must seek shelter. A few moments ago, I thought I noticed a hollow. Hello. There it is again. <laughs> Good evening. I am Hecate, Queen of the Witches. Oh, which of the queens, whichever you prefer. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, weird sisters. Sing. Double, double, toil and trouble, fire, burn and cauldron bubble. Ah, you were singing different music. <laughs> now you've all got the words. So let's hear you join in the next chorus. Double, double, toil and trouble, fire, burn and cauldron bubble. Like a gerbil in the sky. Oh, what, what am I doing? <laughs> Macbeth! Macbeth! You know my name! No, it was just an inspired guess. <laughs> you evil creatures! Yes! We can! I hear you can foretell the future. <laughs> Wait a moment, that's very good. It's true, we can! Then tell the future! For me. Hail, Macbeth. Hail, hail, hail. Not the weather. Give me a prediction. Macbeth, 
the hills of fame. You'll soon find our sweetheart. And thou shalt be king hereafter. King? Aye. And you, Banquo. Yes. You will not be king. <laughs> Yet you will be royal. Oh. Oh. I'm going to be queen. <laughs> crown will sit upon your issue. My what? Issue! Issue, issue! Oh, fall down! <laughs> Macbeth, let us get away from here. Quick. <laughs> she is possessed by some wicked being. I should be so Two. Oh, uh, a room in Macbeth's castle. Macbeth is telling Lady Macbeth of the prophecies of the three weird sisters. And that I should be king hereafter. I'm terribly sorry. I did not hear the first bit. I know. The band played right across my line. <laughs> Macbeth shall be king and I queen. My lad, we must make sure that these weird sisters spoke the truth. Do you understand me? Uh, yes, but it would be easier without the accent. <laughs> oh, all right, I'll be straight with you. You cannot be king whilst Duncan still lives. And by good fortune, he is a guest within our walls this very night. He will soon be retiring. I have an evil trick to play. Do you not think there should be a surprise awaiting him in his chamber? Ah, yes. We'll make an apple pie bed. <laughs> he has been on the throne too long. I know. It's... <laughs> Applause is so sweet in my ears. He has what you want, Macbeth. There is something we should take from him. Understand? Yes, yes. I shall take his wife. You mean his life? You take what you want. <laughs> You're scared. Take this, Macbeth. Uh -huh. Is this a dagger I see before me? No. Oh, no? <laughs> Is this a dagger? Yes. Go, and with it, carve your name on Scotland's throne. Get in there. Oh, isn't it exciting? <laughs> and so Macbeth crept across the courtyard to do what he had to do. Then he went to Duncan's bedroom. It was twelve o'clock and the porter told the bell. It's twelve o'clock, Bell. <laughs> and Macbeth. And Macbeth, dagger in hand, stood at Duncan's door. Ah, Duncan, art thou within? Even as you slumber, shalt thou perish. Die, for Macbeth shall claim thy son. Prepare to die, Duncan. Say now thy final words. Shut up, I'm trying to get some sleep in here. Are you in bed? Yes. I'm coming in. No, there's not room for two. <laughs> yeah, go away. Now, I've come to stab you. Take that. I was right, it wasn't a dagger. <laughs> anyway, it is done now. A plan so that no one will suspect that it was me. First, a note on the body. It wasn't me. <laughs> Signed, Macbeth. <laughs> With that, Macbeth rejoined his wife, and they went to bed. 
But within seconds, a servant was shouting out the news. They've gone to bed, everyone! Then... In rushed Duncan's manservant. Oh, my lord, awake, awake. The king, my master, has given up his ghost. His lids are heavy and enclosed. His earthly coil has quit his gracious form. His soul has flown to Abram's bosom. And the bird of light has flit his aged frame. You mean he is dead? I don't know. I'll go and have a look. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At this, Lady Macbeth began wailing. She blows! Her tears, her tears flowed like water. Macbeth sank to his knees. <laughs> then, then they brought in the corpse. Hello, hello, what's all this thing? <laughs> Macbeth was not suspected. And when it was suggested that he should become king, the people clamoured for it with one voice. I want it. <laughs> day, Macbeth was crowned. For months, Macbeth enjoyed the usurped throne. He locked himself inside so he could never be found out. But he was haunted by what the weird sisters had said to Banquo. The crown shall sit upon your issue. My what? Issue, issue. All fall down. It worried him. I still don't find it funny. We must put an end to Banquo and his son, Fleance. Macbeth, I have hired two murderers. That'll be them. Ah, you must be the... Exactly. Quite. As you may know, I have a little... Embarrassment. Precisely, it's a rather... Delicate situation. Quite. You see, this man is rather, shall we say... Inconvenient. I thought perhaps he could... Uh... Meet with a... Shall we say... Little accident. <laughs> My very words. There is, of course, the question of... Uh, say no more. Splendid. I'm sure we'll come to some... Arrangement. arrangement. Good. So you'll... Exactly. And he will... Quite. And it'll be... Naturally. naturally. Well, I think we... Understand each other. Good. Good. <laughs> what have we got to do? I've absolutely no idea. <laughs> that night, Banquo was murdered. <laughs> but his son, Fleance, escaped. When Macbeth heard this, he tore his hair and stamped on his rabbit. Their consciences were beginning to plague them both. One night, Lady Macbeth got out of bed. Where are you going? I'm going to wash my hands. Oh, come on, I'm your husband. You can tell me. I am going to wash my hands. Look, look at them. How red they are. Blood! No, washing up. Then you should use hairy liquid. Huh? He is right, you know. Hairy liquid. No more red hands. Leaves them soft and smooth. It's this spot. This damn spot. I can't get rid of it. And that's another reason why Lady Macbeth should use hairy liquid. Hairy liquid can't be beat. Keep your hands so soft and sweet. Oh. Boom. Hairy liquid. That was rotten. No sooner had they gone back to bed than there appeared by the window the ghost of Banquo. Macbeth went as white as a sheet. 
I've never seen anyone quite so white. That's because Macbeth uses... <laughs> oh, my lord. There's some evil creature climbing on the bed. Hecate, what do you want with me? <laughs> well, now you're here, I may as well make use of you. Oh, I didn't expect cooperation. <laughs> Can you foresee everything? Usually, but you surprised me just then. I must, I must know the answers to some questions. Shall I ever lose the crown? Will Fleance overcome me in battle? Will Rolf Harris come back for another series? Will Wounded Nun win the 2.30? Will I be famous? Will I be rich? Macbeth, you shall be king. Tell Burnham Wood shall come to dance in her. <laughs> N.B. This line has puzzled scholars. Shakespeare usually finishes his scenes with a good joke. And we can only assume that Burnham Wood had some highly risible connotation to the Elizabethan audience. Some students think the whole line was a misprint and prefer to read, Macbeth, you shall be king till your granny gets onto the gas stove because then she'll be riding the range. Scene 8, Macbeth's stronghold. Oh, let go! Macbeth is standing on his bulwarks. No mean achievement. An alarm sounds. Enter a messenger who runs to Macbeth and throws himself on his knee. Get off my knee! Oh, sire, sire, I looked across the plain just now and I saw Burnham Wood move towards Dunsinane. <laughs> What's so funny about Burnham Wood? Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you said my granny's got onto the gas. <laughs> oh! Burnham Wood! Oh! Then I'm doomed! Damn! <laughs> Sire, I suspect it is but men disguised as trees. All right, I can deal with them. Release the dogs! No, no! <laughs> Good heavens, it's Hecate with leaves in her hair. Oh, we're having a love-in. We're the Dunsinane unit of hippies incorporated. But why are you dressed as trees? We've got branches everywhere. Come! Come! Come and take a bow. Includes another I'm sorry, I'll read that again. The voices you heard belong to Tim Brooke Taylor, John Cleese, Graham Garden, David Hatch, Joe Kendler, Bellotti. The songs were by Bellotti, arranged by Leon Cohen, and played by Dave Lee and the boys. The boys, you should see them. <laughs> was written by Bellotti, Graham Garden, and Derek Farmer. Any complaints about the production should be sent to Peter Titheridge, and any congratulations to David Hatch. <laughs> Next week, you can hear or miss once again John Otto Cleese saying, Oh no, it's I'm sorry, I'll read that again, Mother. Again! My name is Angus. And I'll never miss that. Sorry, I'll 